Hello, and welcome to the Pink Owl. My name is Henry Kathman, and joining me is the lovely, effervescent, singing star sensation, Emma Corey. You know, I haven't heard a singing star sensation yet, but, you know, go ahead and, and elaborate on that point, because, you know, I mean... Oh, list, long-time listeners of the Pink Owl will know that you did a very heartfelt rendition of a chorus line way back when so we all know that broadway runs in through your veins it truly is you know you can take a a a girl out of the theater but you can't take the theater kid out of the girl no matter how hard she tries tries. no matter you can never escape it emma i know i know you're here forever i can't like the 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 tiktoks (laughs) follow me you know, I still have I still have the, the dream I had back in the day where I like my dream was like I wake up and I'm like I'm like in a show, but it's a dream, so I know nothing about the show and I don't know my lines and I have to go on and I just I don't know wow. what to do. I mean it is what it is. Uh and speaking of theater kids being forever tied with this medium uh, we are once, well, once again, welcoming a guest. We've somehow summoned them into this nebulous void of the pink aisle. And joining us is uh, a bit of an actress herself. Uh, she does uh, stuff for stage and film, as well as working uh with yours truly with worlds elsewhere the online theater company so please ladies and gentlemen welcome back silverfine yay Woo! yeah thank you for yes. the warm welcome i am so excited to be here oh it's always a pleasure to have guests here and uh, we we know you're we know you're a bit of the a fan of the show yeah how is how is that feeling <laughs> It's feeling really great. I'm really excited to be here and talk about one of my absolute, well, this one is a brand new movie, but one of my absolute favorite movie series is growing up, which was the Barbie movies. So it was nice to find the podcast. Oh, yes. I mean, and listener, once again, it is time. It is that time again where Mattel and Mainframe has blessed us with another new Barbie movie. Barbie, Big City, Big Dreams, which... Wait, wait, is that really the title? Uh, yeah, yeah, they they did repeat big twice, Big City, Big Dreams, which, yeah, this is seemingly a movie that once again is rehashing the whole Barbie has a twin type of thing. Just really trying to make that princess and the popper magic happen again. Which, by the way, is my favorite Barbie movie. Hands down, I... Mm. Mm. I okay. So my thing with Barbie, I started watching. I stopped Nutcracker when I was a wee little lady, and then I stopped sometime around. I want to say the third Fairytopia movie. The one where she goes to magic school. The one where Bibble just shows off that loose tooth in very close retorted shots. Where they shots. give Bibble a yeah. girlfriend. They give Bibble a girlfriend! I definitely stopped at Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses then. That's on me. I feel like that's where a lot of people stopped. Either that or the three... I feel like the Three Musketeers was the last, like, classic Barbie movie until we got into, like, the modern Barbie films. I think so. I think so. Well, 
Bex, you've mentioned how Princess and the Popper is uh, a favorite of yours. Would you mind going into a little bit more detail? Like, what is it about this franchise that holds such enjoyment from you? We did mention I am an actress as well as a producer and director and all sorts of other jack-of-trades whenever you need me to pitch in. Heck yeah. And it really was about the music for me. Because mm. I did watch Nutcracker and um, Swan Lake and Barbie Rapunzel. I even, of course, had the doll Barbie Rapunzel where you grew her hair longer by yanking it out of her head. Oh my god, I forgot that like was a doll. Like hair grows in real life. Yes, and I did, I just loved, I had, the bar, I had both Erica and Annalise. And I... Oh the Barbie Princess and the Popper dolls, and I would try and sync them up to sing at the same time. Yep, yep. I actually went back and revisited the Princess and the Popper soundtrack, and it still slaps. Oh, it really does. Like, Emma and I are slightly notorious in our lack of affection towards 12 Dancing Princesses, but, you know, the music for a lot of these Barbie movies, like, I'll stand by this statement, like, we are due for a actual stage adaptation of Princess on the Popper in Yeah, the, I remember Broadway. I keep on seeing TikToks of like people doing like concepts for like what if there was a Princess and the Popper stage musical? And I think it would work pretty well. I mean, just expand it a bit, add some new songs, you know. I think yeah. it could be could be pretty great, you know, because people have a lot of nostalgia for that movie, so you kinda got both uh uh audience of adults that like the movie growing up and like barbie is kind of this like big sort of brand so and you Lord got that broadway loves her. their brands nowadays yep mm -hmm. i can't i can't wait till till uh the actor who plays uh priminger gets nominated for best supporting actor in a musical <laughs> I, i'm excited for that day you could I mean, just have martin short do it again he just he could do it he literally martin short could do it he's still mm -hmm. killing it like, I mean, Lord knows it's going to be better than that. Like, have y'all heard about the new Princess Diana musical they're putting on Broadway? Oh, God. Why is this just... We have to talk about it. We would rather not talk about this is how your people dance and how it's been stuck in my head for the past three days. Why has this just been, like... Why has just the past few months just been the time of, like, bad musicals? Because you had... Camila Cabello, Cinderella, you had oh the Dear Evan Hansen movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, the, on the, the outside, always looking in. I'm vetoing this. I'm vetoing this bit right now. I will mute you. I swear to God. <laughs> God. Okay. Okay. Sorry. What were you saying, Bex? That was just uh the rest of my barbie journey was i was a big fan of the fairytopia mm. um ones say a big bibble fan because who's not hell yeah hell yeah and because of that i'm gonna spare you the bibble voice there you Thank go you. I will please, please do henry um, barbie and the magic of pegasus is just straight up a good film and oh yes sings the theme Oh, that's my favorite of all of them, I think. It still is. Like, it's as a kid and now. It is definitely ranking up there. And, yeah. I never, yeah. Saw, I never saw the Barbie Diaries because I didn't care about the modern era, but it did introduce me to Kesha, so there's that. There's and then Barbie that. and the Island Princess. Island Barbie Princess. And the Island Princess sucks. Yeah, there's... 
there's a lot of good stuff in Island Princess. If if no, not if it, it weren't for the fuck boy of the prince, like that prince, I'm still exactly. He sucks exactly. so much. Yeah, I yeah, kind of for me, the the Island Princess, the beginning and like the end, I think are pretty good, but the middle parts are kind of. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. All I know is apparently now people really hate hate uh, Tika the elephant from it for some reason. It's because of her eyes. It's because yeah, of how she, she looks. Yeah, she's kind of creepy looking. She had the magic that Penelope Cree Summer was. Oh, Cree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised they never got Cree Summer in for more of these movies. Maybe it's because she was too expensive. But anywho, uh, yeah, that's a nice little stroll down memory lane. But I think it's advantageous that we get you a uh, mistress of the stage to join us because uh, Barbie Big City Big Dreams is a movie that's going to be big taking city, uh, Big Bill Titties <sighs> We'll get yeah, to that We'll get to, we'll that. Get to those <laughs> Oh my god yeah, <laughs> so- Henry Chagrin, We'll get to it <laughs> I blackmailed my way onto this podcast because I was the one that alerted the pink aisle that that's, this movie was coming out in September and yes. I was like, I broke the news. Put me on your podcast now. Yes. Well, <laughs> in addition to that, well, listen, before, listeners, before you get any ideas, it's also because, Bex, you have some experience, uh, all, not just as someone experienced with stage, but you are also a bit of a New Yorker because the story takes place in New York. You're from New York? Have you seen, have you seen the pizza rat? <laughs> seen the pizza rat? But I have seen some subway rats. I'm oh. actually not from New York. Kind of like Barbie in this movie. I moved here to pursue the arts um, in June. But grow- I grew up um, about 40 minutes away in good old Connecticut. Mm. And so I've seen, and I've worked here for a bit in 2019. And yeah. I've probably seen in my lifetime over 70 Broadway shows. Whoa! Ooh. Yeah. What is yeah. what is your favorite one you've ever seen, like on stage? Not simply ask me that question. <laughs> oh, Emma, you gotta. Head, I've, been really, I've been re-listening um to Come From Away since. Oh, I love Come From Away. Okay. That's my favorite. Yeah. We have to talk about Barbie. Indeed. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Going on this New York uh, journey, I, I want to give a little shout out to some of the cast and crew. Uh, so joining us as the director of this film is uh, is a newcomer to the series, uh, Scott Playdell Pierce, who was who was an animator for a couple of other projects, specifically working. His main credits are working for the Bob the Builder reboot series that was made back in 2015. Oh, they and. Uh, as well as working for uh, Blaze and the Monster Machines, which is another children's CGI TV show. And Emma, you're going to enjoy this the most. He was also working in the art department for We're Back, a dinosaur story. He worked on the on the story of the, the pillow-shaped dinosaurs, and one of them Indeed. is John Goodman. Yep. Yep. Nice. Yep. He was I an in-betweener. I never watched them. <laughs> Yeah, I I know that movie mostly just through reputation. So there you go. 
but that so he's i'll be interested in seeing what he does as a director with this because uh, he seems like i don't know how much experience the guy has at mainframe entertainment but we'll have to see uh in addition to that joining us as screenwriters we got christopher keenan and kate splain now um kate splain is a very interesting uh choice because she literally has only one credit on imdb and it is for this movie and I tried to do a little bit of digging into, like, her backstory, and the most I got is a, a woman that shares a similar name for the Nantucket Chronicle, who's the co-captain of Arts and Entertainment and is a theater director and copywriter. So, maybe? Maybe they're I the same wonder, person? What, 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 does it, what does it take to become a writer for, like, these, like, children's movies slash children's entertainment, you know? I, that's something I would be very, very interested in learning more about. So, hey, writers, if you've written for this, hit us up at Pink Owl Pod on Twitter. You know, our DMs are open. Kate Splain sounds like a very Alan Smithy pen name. Like, I'm not sure if that's real. This is true. You do, it does give off a very fake name, but the fact that it's like this single credit, I don't know, it makes me suspicious. The other main, uh, the other main screenwriter for this movie is a man named Christopher Keenan, who is primarily known for being a producer and not a writer, which is rather strange. So the biggest credit that this guy has is he was like an executive producer for a, like not an executive producer, but a producer for a lot of the DC animated universe shows he worked on batman mask of the phantasm he was a production manager for batman beyond he was credited as being one of the creators for justice league and justice league unlimited and this guy's just been working as a producer for all throughout the animation industry for like the past like 25 years so it's like mask of the phantasm is the best batman movie Yes, correct, correct. When I hear people say, my Batman knowledge is limited, I will say the only, the Batman show I grew up with was uh, Batman Brave and the Bold, which no one seems to talk about. I mean, that one's good. It's a little cheesy, but I I like it. Y'all remember for the the musical episode where the villain was played by Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah, the the Music Meister. The Music Meister was... Yeah. Yeah. I, I... it's, oh, it's a lot very... of actors that were in Barbie movies. Chris Summers in that show. It is. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, and as as is g- seamless segue here. Uh, America Young, who is returning once again as the voice actress for Barbie, and America, she's been also doing just all sorts of stuff in the uh, in the animation world uh, as a voice actress, as like opposed to her uh, alter ego, uh, Britain Old. I hope that sigh was audible on the microphone, but yeah. Well done. Well done, Emma. Laugh. Laugh at my lame joke. Laugh. I don't think I will, but yeah. uh, But yeah, America Young, she's been doing a lot of the more recent Barbie voices, and she's returning again, so I'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be cool to see what what else ends up happening. And I need to double-check to see if they got, they credit her... 
the person who's doing the singing voice for Barbie. No disrespect to America Young, but I get the impression that that someone else did the voice. But the other big voice actress for Barbie is another actress by the name of Amber Elise May. What? Two Barbies? Ooh, who would have thought it? So yeah, uh, the other big thing that's been like a big gimmick for this movie is that this movie is going to be seeing the introduction of a African-American Barbie, who is a, a girl who's also coincidentally named Barbara Roberts, who comes from Brooklyn and is going to be uh, doing some stuff. So I think that'll be interesting to see what the sort of stuff that happens there. But yeah, uh, Amber Elise May, she also goes by Foxy Vox online. She's been doing a lot of voice work uh, for the past couple of years. Like, she's been working her way up, and by golly, she deserves a credit. Like, she started with, like, a bunch of internet stuff, but now she's, like, getting roles for, like, Pokemon, as well as this show called Sunset Paradise. I don't know what it is, but it it's like this CGI it's a, anime it's a thing. off of Sunset Boulevard. Oh, uh, God. Yes, I'm ready for my kawaii pose, Mr. DeMille. What happens after he ends up in the pool? Find out now. Indeed. And, yeah. She's one of the better performances. Yes, yes. And then the other uh, folks that I want to give a little shout out to is uh, Giselle Fernandez, who is going to be voicing a, a character named Emmy Lee. Also a relative newcomer when it comes to voice acting. She got her start in 2015 and she's just been like working her way up, which, you know, good on her. And then finally, we got apologies for mispronouncing this, but I believe it's uh, Alejandro uh, Seab, who is a another voice actor who's been very, very busy. He's been like, like he's gonna be voicing a character uh, named Rafa in this. So I'm excited to see what sort of stuff ends up happening with this here movie. Yeah. That about covers it. Are we ready to dive in? To have our big show-stopping number? I'm so prepared. In that case, let us head off to the big city to get our own Big Barbie Dreams. Barbie Big City Big Dreams. It's showtime. Light up the night. From the all new Barbie musical, Big City Big Dreams doll sets, car set, each sold separately. You can be anything. And we're back, listener. Boy, howdy. Um... Bex, you're our guest. Tell us, what did you think of this movie? Where do I begin? Oh, that's an excellent question. Barbie movies have changed a lot since I was a kid, but there are some things that will always stay the same. I will say I was shocked to see that, um... Okay, so first of all, we have to talk about how, this, how the movie opens. Yes, Everything yes. Everything is black in a very like animated New York City that's like it's like you know like it kind of looks like New York City it looks a bit more like Sin City yeah yeah see, <laughs> the one shining pink car in the sea of gray that must be Barbie coming to save New York City oh it's my like god so the way that they just paint yeah I gotta say even though you 
even though uh, you've only moved to New York for a little bit. By the way, which borough? Place. I'm in Manhattan, and then the subsection of Manhattan called Seaport. Oh, okay. So okay. Pretty- yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm assuming this was only the most accurate portrayal of living in New York City. <laughs> note, and uh, listeners, you cannot see, but I have over like three pages of notes that I took while we were watching this movie. You should send us screenshots of that, and we can post it onto the Twitter. Oh, I will. <laughs> My second um, note was literally not how B way works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because. But my third, the shocking thing about how Barbie movies have changed. Barbie has so many siblings. Oh yeah. She has like three. You don't know. You don't know the lore. You don't sister. know the lore, Bex. Like, you don't know about Skipper <laughs> or uh, oh. Chelsea and Stacy. No, there's no Kelly. They got rid of Kelly. You got Chelsea, who's like yeah. the little girl. You got uh, Stacy, who is the sporty, who's the sporty one, and you got Skipper, who is the is always on her phone one. And that's their well, first. Hey, piece. hey, Skipper is also a DJ, so gotta give respect there. But but when is she a DJ? She the- was a DJ in Perfect Christmas, as well as in the Great Puppy Chase. Oh. Oh, my bad. I, I missed that important. I forgot about that important uh, Barbie. She also does like blo- like blogging stuff. Mm-hmm. Family who I'd never seen. I did not know that Barbie had parents. Let's also start with that. We saw her mom, and then oh Barbie's my god, dad. yeah. Now, I am a lesbian, but Barbie's dad is a dilf with the biggest titties I've ever seen. In an animated movie. I, I would definitely agree. Like, Barbie, it is fun that... Because for the longest time, Barbie did not have parents in any of these movies. So they're like, they brought the parents in. And it's like, okay, Barbie has parents. But they still gotta be, like, good-looking, you know? So we get uh, uh, the uh, the MILF and DILF couple to be Barbie's parents in, the, in these movies. So, you know, we're, they're really... They're really reaching the audience, you know? <laughs> Yep. For for some reason, yeah. Every time there's like an old an older character in one of these movies, it's just this, they look the same as all the other characters, but they'll put like one wrinkle on them, being like, "See, definitely it's an older person." Definitely older person. Yeah, yeah. It's and if they're a villain, they're incredibly Jew coded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure you could also uh, you can also verify some of the low key anti-semitic vibes that's that sometimes uh barbie can give off anti-semitism in barbie movies no that's mm. never happened with a story like Rapunzel, that is inherent because it's inherent yes yes in the rapunzel myth so that's okay Lake? look up the tiktoks there are so many tiktoks by anti-semitic oh yeah that oh yeah we've We've, I think we've reposted the TikTok of, like, ranking Barbie villains by how anti-Semitic they are. <laughs> but I don't know what Preminger's excuse is. Like, come on, man. Anyway, so next, so why don't we set up what's happening in the beginning of the movie? Yes, so Barbie is coming to uh, New York City because she's enrolled in a summer program or with the Handler Art Academy in New York, which, boy howdy, the Handler Art Academy gives, like, just 
full sail university vibes. Like this feels low key like a like one of those types of art schools, you know? Yeah, I like how this how this movie is essentially about Barbie wanting to be on Broadway, but she never performs any any music or shows that resemble really anything that's on Broadway. Wait, I don't know. I actually might take that back. Said, no, Bar- since Broadway Barbie has would been do very well in sex. By kind of I'm just saying. Star, like, you know? who would she play in sex? The Brooklyn the Barbie Brooklyn would do Barbie. better in sex, but. Like, oh yeah. Well, Bex, what bar, what Broadway musical yeah. would you see this Barbie doing well? The blonde one kind of sucks. <laughs> I will get into my opinions on the blonde Barbie Roberts later, and it's all because of this one song, which we'll talk about. But okay, yes. Brooklyn would absolutely crush it as Catherine Parr in Six. Shout out to when we are recording this. It is Six's opening night on Broadway. I'm very. Oh wow! They were the show. They um the day that the theaters shut down was mere hours before their opening night. Mm-hmm. Oh damn! So this is a very proud. Damn. And yeah, Brooklyn Barbie would be a good Catherine Parr. I think blonde Barbie, Malibu Barbie would be maybe like a Anne Boleyn in Six, or maybe Jane Seymour. That's what I'm thinking. Specifically, she'd be she'd be much better in Legally Blonde as L. Is that is I... that typecasting because she's from a little bit so barbie arrives at the handler art academy and it turns out she's arrived a day early i have to talk about the cabbie oh yes yes we almost forgot to talk about the cabbie so bex why don't you tell us a bit about the cabbie so first of all our first accurate thing about new york city uh cab drivers sometimes they are lovely sometimes they are judgy and she got, they literally just lifted him out of taxi cab without all the gore and violence and put the cabbie in the Barbie movie. And he's very like Italian. He's like, and she's like, I came here to make it on Broadway. And he's like, he's like, Ugh. and at the very end when he drops her off at the Handler Academy, which by the way, has a giant fountain in the um, entrance. Yeah, how the hell did they afford that real estate? Like there's some there's some shady stuff there. You know they got Broadway money. Like, no, I've been trying to figure out where in the city I would put it because it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look like Tish. I was thinking maybe no. I, um it would be in place of um Pace University, but that also doesn't make any sense. There's just nowhere that has a. Fountain. I get the impression that this thing takes place. It gave me Brooklyn vibes, kinda. Fair. But even then, we have to talk about, they give the girls dorm rooms with a full balcony. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, we'll, okay, hang on, we'll, we'll get to their dorms, we'll get to their dorms, but, yeah, back to the cab driver, like, yeah, you're right, he's just so done with Barbie as soon as she arrives, and he's just like, another one of these starlets, you're never gonna make it, Bobby, you're just like your father. <laughs> oh god. He drops off, he's like, Good luck on Broadway. And I'm like, why did you, why do you like this to this child? So, so how, how, is, how is Barbie going to get on Broadway? Is she an equity member? Does she have her equity card? I don't think so. <laughs> you, don't have to be, you don't have to be equity to audition. If, even if you go, go to Oprah Call, they legally like have to see you. And you can get equity just by being cast in the show. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I assume there's still probably like a bias towards people who are already equity members, or maybe I'm wrong. To see every single equity member, but if there's time, they will also see non-equity members. Mm. It's a whole thing. I imagine working in this art, this summer art program. Like, if this program is actually worth anything, like they would probably make part of the thing, like actually like starting like the paperwork of actually getting you in yeah to like be a be a be an equity member you have to be in like so many like professional shows in order to like qualify to be an equity member oh wow there goes my knowledge from one year of being a theater major in college never again this year they recently changed a lot of that because of um well you all have seen what's been happening in the world and yeah, I do know yeah. it's changed recently where it's like they're not quite as strict about equity stuff where like they're like letting more non-equity stuff like get through, you know, it's sure there is still like a thousand dollar entrance fee. Equity don't come for me if that's not true. I don't um, we're good. We're chill. Hire me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, any any uh, any equity slander can go on my head. Equity Association certainly listens to this podcast. Indeed, you know, they listen every week and they write in. So, so Barbie gets, did you guys ever do a summer arts program? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done things like that before. Have you ever done any like that? No, because, boy howdy, the budget for this place Yeah, there's is... always some reminders in these films that at the end of the day, Barbie is a very rich, rich child in this universe. Yes. yes. Very privileged. Yes. Yeah. Almost murdering the other Barbie. Barbie, the blonde Barbie, as I'm just going to call her. Blonde Barbie and Brooklyn Barbie. Or Brooklyn. Called. No, no. Malibu. Malibu is what oh, she's God. called. Malibu's defining trait is that she's like, oh, I don't know nothing about the city. Also, so clumsy it could kill someone. She's relatable. She's hashtag relatable. And, Bex, this is actually a very common thing they've done with Barbie in recent years, you know? He was always so graceful when I was a kid. Well, you know, like, clumsiness as a thing, it's a it's a visible character flaw that can be conducive to some lighthearted slapstick while not making the character any less attractive. So, you know, if anything, it makes them more endearing while giving them a semblance of a flaw. So, efficient writing. Malibu and Brooklyn literally crash into Hello, and then yes. find out they both find out that they're actually there a day early. Yes. So yeah, this is where we're introduced uh, to another female student. Uh, she, who is from Brooklyn, and both of them shock as they get to their dormitories, realize they share the same name, Barbie Roberts. What are the odds? Uh, just to make the plot easier, uh, the classic blonde Barbie, she is going to be called Malibu, and then uh, our new Barbie, we're going to call her Brooklyn. And I got to say, uh, this, is this, like many of Barbie's recent movies, like, the friendship between these two, well, friendship, we'll get to that, uh, but the relationship between these two girls is definitely one of the strongest elements of this movie. What what did you guys think of Brooklyn as a character? Like, it's clear that uh, Mattel has introduced her because I at least, 
like I genuinely hope that they put her in more of these movies because I think she's a very good character in my opinion. But I want to hear mean, your guys' thoughts they've, first. They've been making kind of you know black Barbie dolls for a long time, so it is a bit disheartening that that it took them this long to have a non-white yeah. Barbie in one of these movies, and even then she's like having to share the movie with Shares. like. The white Barbie. The classic Barbie. I'm kind of hoping that this is just kind of like a backdoor pilot thing so that they can just, like, start making movies with her just by herself. Brooklyn you know? is a better character. Brooklyn, we have to talk about Brooklyn's accent. It's... Oh. Is... I... If I... Before I moved here, I would have thought, that is such an overwrought New York accent. No, it's perfect. I have so many coworkers mm-hmm. that speak just like that. And I was like... Wow, people really weren't lying. But Brooklyn, the be- <laughs> I'm a Brooklyn stand, guys. The better singer of the two, the better actor of the two, the more meaty plotline of the but two. I, I mostly I agree with Bex. I think she's like an interesting character, and I really hope in the future we get we're able to get some movies that are focused on her, and we don't have to, you know, rely on the other Barbie, and we can sort of as explore because like it, it is like. It is kind of sad we've, like, had all these Barbie movies and we ha- really haven't had one that just had, you know, a non-white protagonist uh, yeah. Yeah. as just herself leading the movie. So I hope that that starts to change with this film. So, yeah, I like her quite a bit. Yeah, like, even though she's, like, just introduced, they give her, like, you get this sense of, like, oh, she's got, like, a pretty extensive interior life in terms of like her interest and stuff like that and i think she uh, anyway uh bex i can see you're very excited about talking about before us because listener this song this is some gay shit nothing like a barbie right. film and a very uh, romantic coded female friendship oh yes <laughs> talk about the opening lyrics Brooklyn oh goes, boy I love jungle and Malibu goes and I'm a beach girl and it's the lyrics are a lot but then the lyrics are so much like for example here is the chorus how did we ever survive before us all I need now more in my life is so us it's like we're meant to be like destiny so right how did we, how I just could we that. ever survive before us yeah no it's like damn that's that's a like that's like a U-Haul lesbian type of vibe right there. Yeah, Bar- Barbie just does tend to fall in love with uh, any uh, other female character her age she sees, like, instantly. You know? I get it. It's... <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, I do need to give a shout-out to the, uh, like, composers. So the composers for this show for this uh, movie were Allison McDonald, Andrew Underberg, and Matthew Tischler, who... I'm looking through their credits and stuff. Like, some of the songs they do for this show are... eh, But, you know. Like, they're mostly, like, known for doing, like, songwriting stuff for, like, the Disney Channel original movies. Like, uh, Teen Beach 2, uh, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, and doing the Disney uh, stage adaptation of Freaky Friday. So it's like... I will say, my notes, word for word, I say... Gotta be honest, don't hate the song. Also, the montage of things that they managed to get done in just one day. Just one day, because they're like, some of this stuff is just like staple first date stuff. Like, don't they go, they go to get like hot dogs or traveling in the park. They're like taking photos of 
of each other and like they play music they're playing each other's instruments it's 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 a lot it's a lot one of my my i have two minor characters in this movie that i adore and the first one is the um dean of the school because i cannot dean morrison yes Yes. I cannot tell if they were phoning it in or giving it their all because the way their diction was just so specific. Yes. Like a metro. Yeah, there was a very rhythmic quality to the voice act. Uh, Dean Morrison was voiced by another uh, black voice actress, uh, Denora Walcott, who she does. Oh, good for her. She was. She's starring in that new Kenan Thompson TV show. Okay. As well as, like, The Last Ship. Uh, did Had a bunch of appearances on Scandal. Okay. Yeah. But no, she, you're right. She did have a very specific cadence to her voice. Also, of an important plot character. There's a green-haired boy with a drum. Remember this, listeners. Oh, God. The percussionist boy. Oh, my God. Emma... Do you have any thoughts on Percussionist Boy with his big drum? You know, I feel like uh, people who play drums are their own kind of personality. So I'm glad to see that uh, represented in film. Yeah, got to get that drum line representation. This is also when we're introduced to Rafa. And Rafa's... Um, oh, Rafa, yes. Rafa's pet. So, oh, I love Rafa. Rafa and his dog Gato, which Gato, oh boy. I, I, uh, get it. I, you he's know, a I, dog, but his name but is Gato. <laughs> yeah. I, I just didn't like this movie gave off. I don't like how this movie sometimes portrays its animals. Like it gives off that like baby shark type of vibes, you know, with the really big eyes, the, hyper real fur and the fact that he like sometimes stands is on his like upright legs it's little, okay it's it's a staple a it's a staple of these barbie movies for all the animal sidekicks to be trying so hard to be cute that they mainly just look creepy it's just a staple of the brand at this point also shout out to the barbie movie wiki for saying that gato's status is alive Th- thanks that seems like a. Well, now, why now why is that? Your, st- now I want to see all the all the Barbie uh, characters that are listed as dead on the wiki. Who would fall yeah, into that category? I'm, I don't know. Henry, you're right about the animals because um the pigeons in this movie. Oh they, yes. They oh, those like pigeons don't look good. Like the pigeons from. Do you guys? Did you guys ever see Spies in the Skies? I did. I did watch it on TV one time, and it uh, it it was okay. The pigeons in it reminded me it of, was okay. of of the pigeons from Bolt that came out even earlier. If you remember that movie, in that movie is a better Peter Parker than he is in the MCU. But that's for a different podcast. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> my thoughts about Rafa can be summed up in my first note about him. Rafa is gay chaos, and I love to hate him. His grand idea, because everybody, everybody at this school has, like, a thing. A thing they're going into. He has his costumes. Yes. And he 
I mean, what do you remember about Rafa's costumes that are obviously not going to come back later as something important? Yeah, so... Yeah, because the, when they're meeting Rafa for the first time, he has these two dresses that he gives to Malibu and Brooklyn for free because they don't glow like they're supposed to. What? And it's like... It's one of those things where it's like... uh he seems just very dejected and like he's got to learn to believe in himself, you know? Yeah. And it's like, also, but... the dresses are very clear. First of all, the dresses are the ugliest things I've ever seen in a Barbie movie. Okay. Well, I mean, part of that is just because those are the same dresses that they gave the dolls. So sometimes yeah, well, the we've, that we've established that all, that all modern that all modern barbie films you just gotta accept that the fashion is all from an era that has never and will never existed and you know it's not usually the most appealing i i mean this this applies to a lot of teen fashion and a lot of like these sort of movies like from the disney channel to all sorts uh like nickelodeon all of it's you mean you mean teenagers just start wearing like five layers at once when they go to school? You say that, but the big thing is like bell bottom jeans in early two thousands fashion. So it's like, oh god, it's not that far off actually. Don't don't bring back the the, the low cut jeans, please. I can't. No, no one's been brave enough to bring back the low cut jeans of the early two thousands. So like, no whale tails have been spotted. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so there, there's that. True pain, true pain, though, when uh, it's uh, raining and their bell bottoms get wet because they had to walk outside and then they got <laughs> soggy pant legs. So There were bell bottoms, Bex. You, can't, you had to make those suckers, like, run low. Were you ever a bell bottom kid? 1998, Henry. I was not a bell bottom kid. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know your life. Anyway, I forget. Speaking of aging the two hosts, um... Yes. So this program for teens... First of all, another note I had to mention, there are so many stars in the sky whenever they pan up at night in this movie. That is false. You cannot see a yes. thing. The lack of light pollution in New York City. But unfortunately, after we meet our token gay and his strange pet, we go into... Now, listeners, I have seen probably in my lifetime hundreds, and that is not an exaggeration, hundreds of musicals. And when I tell you this is one of the worst songs of the musical I have ever heard. Oh, my God. I all my heart. This song <laughs> is called Work. Work it. And it's it bad. It's real bad. That, that's the montage song, isn't it? It is the Barbie montage song, and it's yeah, it's not we good. Talk about how in either like, program, they also make them learn fencing. Yeah, so this montage is honestly where this movie was starting to lose me, and I was a little worried. Like, oh no, is this this doesn't? Oh, I don't think this is gonna be good because it's basically just like, oh, Barbie's trying to become a do be the dancer, but she's failing at all these tasks, and oh no, now. She doesn't know if she's going to be able to make it because she's not good at fencing. She's not good at, like, ballet. She messes up her production stuff. Like, they they have her doing tech classes as well as acting classes, which, you know, honestly, that might be something good for most actors to know. 
Cause yeah, that's pretty accurate for, like, at least in college, like, theater majors tend to do kind of all those classes. Yeah, this is true. Things in this montage, I was like, oh, this makes sense. It's good to be a multi-hyphenate. And then they jumped to them fencing, and I was like, where did this come from? Yeah, like, there's a difference between doing stage combat and actual fencing. Like, that's... They were straight up. They had the rapiers. They had the entire coverings, yes. Yeah, because you're only really learning one type of combat, like... Yeah. Like, which, which shows have fencing in them? Like what's that pool? <laughs> I can't think of a single fencing based on one. You got the, you got the Phantom of the Opera, but only the movie version. Only the movie version does the rapier fight. <laughs> but yeah, not even in the show. It is. Yeah, but but Bex, yeah, the chorus. What were you gonna say? First of all, if you are and at all curious and wish to pause this and check out the songs, they are on Spotify. They are on Spotify. I wouldn't recommend this song. I would just just skip this song if you're listening to the album. It's, it's we have this on Spotify, but not Princess and the Popper. What a shame. Yeah, yeah. The white Barbie, Barbie Malibu, also by the way, raps this entire. Song. That's true. She does rap. Oh my god! Why did they make her rap? Oh my god! They gotta, Mattel, they what gotta, are you thinking? They, they gotta get the the Hamilton fans in on it, you know. Uh. Thing comes in later. I have a reference to Lin Manuel later. <laughs> I was like, this song is awful in all caps. Grind, grind on my mind. Work it, work it. Double time. Grind, grind on my I mind. Know. Never fall a step behind. And then she literally keeps falling. She keeps literally falling. Yeah, it's. Subtle this She's movie is just not. just like you. No, but I will say, at this point in our watch of the movie is when I started to become clairvoyant. I, I don't know if you remember this, but I called every single plot point that came next. Oh, yes. This movie defo got a little predictable, which isn't necessarily a the bad thing. The plot is pretty generic bad, in this movie. Like, it's very much also, like you can kind of tell. So there was... So Brooklyn had a, so there is another character named Emmy. Yes. And she, Malibu, Malibu is her biggest fan. And, um, Brooklyn and Emmy used to be friends. I just want to say Emmy, Emmy Lee, kind of, kind of a generic name for, for a pop, a pop icon, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Is of course Emily, though I called her Velma in my notes because. She did look very Velma-esque. She does. She disguised herself. To attend the school as in the acting program. Yep. And she reveals that the only reason she lost touch with Brooklyn is because after she got big, her dad won custody over her or something during her parents' divorce and banned her from seeing all her friends and started to control her entire life. Yeah, like, hashtag free Emmy. Like, honestly. Honestly. This was during, um, we watched this around the time that Britney's testimony came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm considering the production cycle of these movies, I would not be surprised if the hashtag free Britney stuff was a slightly influential element to this movie, which... God, that's a wild thing to have happened in these past couple of years. Yeah. Also, when we get to, with Emmy's introduction, we get to the, um, quite frankly, the interesting parts of the plot. Because Emmy yes. and Emmy's relationship with their dad 
is the best part of the movie. I I agree. Like this is where the movie like like I gotta say the whole work it song it kind of got me a little bit like disengaged and I was a little like is this gonna be I don't know about this one chief and then suddenly it's like oh oh okay we got the drama now we got we get to we got pathos we got like like Emmy's whole thing this whole plot line with Emmy and her father, as you said, Bex, is definitely probably one of the most compelling elements of this movie because it gives away to such, like, real drama and the way it sows division between the characters and induces conflict. It's, mm, good shit. I was good like, this was shit. made, this must have been being written around the time the first Free Britney doc came out because there is no way. Like, there is no way. Yeah, and I would yeah, say what I like, like I remember when I was watching it, I was really worried that re- they were going to have Emmy be like a twist villain. Like, it was going to yeah. be revealed like she, she was like jealous of Barbie's friendship and she was trying to tear them apart. So I was, I was supposed to I was, it was relieving to know that she wasn't, like, a villain. Yeah, I feel like It was like her that's dad a, that was the villain. So. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's a plot beat that an earlier Barbie movie, like, especially those made in, like, the early 2010s, probably would have went with. And I feel like this movie was so much stronger for it. Like, like I, I think a problem that sometimes Barbie movies have is that, like, they kind of needlessly pit, like, the girl characters against each other's to make them all, like, you know, catty and all that stuff, when, in fact, it's, like, you know, sometimes, sometimes they're better targets. And that's why, and also, I love that this movie is about lifting female friendships and stuff up, which does make it so hilarious. We did forget. We have to backtrack a bit. Because after the worst song to ever exist, uh, Barbie calls her boyfriend Ken, and they talk about this. And I'm like, you really just in here. I know, I know they threw it in there because they were like, oh no, this is too much of a vibe. Barbie's straight, guys. Malibu is straight, <laughs> and it was just. Oh, we also forgot to say that. Um, so the dean with the perfect diction. Uh, there is a prize. Oh, something at the end of the semester. Yes, there's like Someone's a special. Uh, a solo. Yes, it's like a yeah, competition thing. Oh yeah, and they they have that one line where it's like only one name can be put up in lights, and we were like, wow, I wonder where this is going. <laughs> it's not like we have two main characters that have the same exact name. Yeah. <laughs> in the spotlight solo. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, it's. And- but yeah, no, it's, I gotta say, Ken's presence in this movie is interesting as well, because he's just like, yeah, Ken, once again, we get our Kenbo, and it's like, he's, he, he's, he's nice and supportive, and it's like, oh, you, oh, you sweet summer child, and, and especially because it's just, like, although, don't I, you see the they're dating, even though they never really seem to spend time with each other or touch each other at all. Indeed. (laughs) I mean, let's be real here. I feel like Ken is so much of a himbo that he drinks that respect women juice, and he is probably down for, like, Barbie to be like, hey, I'm still down with dating you if you want to date Brooklyn. You know? He gives off those vibes. I'm just saying... Malibu has two hands. Two hands. That is true. Yeah. Two hands. 
So, we also have to bring up, this is the part where, so they take, Malibu and Brooklyn take the fancy dresses and they go to Central Park, because of course they do. Does it look like Central Park? Not really. No, but, it doesn't. Eh. Wait. It's a movie. Way and, fewer tourist so, groups. The dresses do some magic stuff. They realize that the dresses only work when you're spinning around in them. Yes. Is, they're, well, they're not okay. magic. It's I advanced know, tech. Yes, yes. That's, Although not magic. It's technology. Yeah, I, di- I will say I did look at the, like... Uh, the list of like Barbie merch and they did make dolls that actually like showcase these dresses but instead of just like showing off the dress like none of the dresses actually glow or anything which I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity like believe us Bex we have seen like you don't know how much worse these dresses could have gotten like I'm still thinking like, Emma, do you remember that one uh, perfect Christmas dress that was, like, the mermaid one with the weird candy cane coloring? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I still think that the worst Barbie dresses, though, have to be the ones that were in a Barbie horse oh, adventure. Oh, this is true. This is true. <laughs> like, like, those... Like, if I was making a top ten, like, worst Barbie dresses in one of these movies, definitely, like, pretty much any outfit from the Barbie and her sister series is going... It's, it's up it's there, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. at Central Park, plot happens. This is when the evil dad gets introduced, and he's like... He was goes to his daughter, he's like, I'm gonna make sure that you, like, win this solo. She's like, Dad, they just want to act. And he's like... I don't care what you want. Yeah, she's talking, and, and he's talking about, ugh, we're already sacrificing so much by having you cancel your tour to come here. The least you can do is raise your profile by winning this thing. And it's like, he just gives such, like, the douchebag vibes off of this guy. The fact that he's wearing, like, trimmed beard while he's also, like, drinking, like, a latte. Just definitely giving, like, a show parent vibe. Just, like... He also gives vibes, like, those Silicon Valley tech bro vibes. Like, you just know, if he could, he would be making fucking NFTs of Emmy Lee. Oh, yeah, this, this guy's been investing in uh, Dogecoin, so... And, and ta- so we get to a bit where the kids are just, like, goofing around, having some fun. Rafa is recording. Rafa wants to record some stuff. But Emmy's like, hey, don't do this. I'm trying to be incognito. So he's like, oh, okay, sure. And then some shenanigans happen because remember, Malibu is clumsy, and we said the drum guy was important. So Malibu yes. accidentally knocks Brooklyn off of a stage into a drum, and I thankfully into the orchestra, into the orchestra pit. pit where I myself have fallen into an orchestra pit once. It is not. Pretty- yeah, no, that's hard concrete down there. That's not. That, that's- I'm shocked. <laughs> So Brooklyn luckily gets away with only a sprained ankle, which is also, this is animation, so everybody's bones are made of butter, I guess. But it would not be that way in... (laughs) And then, so they're like all sad about that, and Melody's like, I'm so sorry! And they're like, and then the other's like, don't worry about it, and then they sing good vibes. Because it was actually... This is when the song started to get better again. <laughs> so this one is very, this, this one's very, this is our Lin-Manuel Miranda moment because we're going to have Rafa sing. I'm no, we're going to have Rafa 
act, um, rap, and then we're gonna turn it into, it goes out of a rap break into a key change. And that was fun. And also, uh, they really do be having Brooklyn dancing around on this sprained ankle, like <laughs> full out pirouetting. Yeah, they do. I don't. There go. Yeah, the whole good vibes. You seem a lot more hot on this this particular one than I was, because I, I thought it was fine. I just think, like, the fact that Rafa had this rap breakdown, and it, it just how, gave... how long will it take for oh, filmmakers to realize to no longer put raps into, like, kids' animated films? How long? I don't know. I feel like they'll finally learn their lesson after, like, two or three more uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda collaborations with Disney. Yeah, so, like, I give it two or three more one of those movies before people are like, oh, okay, this is expected, we gotta do something else. Yeah, they got the Disney. Did anyone else, uh, watch Vivo? No desire to. At all. At all. I'm good. I'm good. Um, just, yeah. just, I just thought I'd point out that Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's like a little monkey guy in that movie, and he does rap. And sing, yep. even though he can't really do that. He's... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money for his singing lessons and he has a lot if you've known him if you started in 2008 from with when he said in the high, he has come a yeah lot. yeah like he's definitely a way better singer now than he's been in the past but it took him a while you know it did take it did take a bit <laughs> a long way from um in the heights 2008 him being Paraga guy. In oh, yeah, I tell you, you gotta understand, like, I was like a big Lin-Manuel Miranda stan back circa 2016. So, you know, I've I've got, I got my love love-hate relationship with the guy, you know, it's, Thank uh... Good. Bill, he supported in Puerto Rico. Never mind. We don't yeah, yeah, that's that. not good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. The dean, the dean calls Malibu into her office, and she's like, he yes. has a witness. Do you intentionally push <sighs> Brooklyn into the orchestra pits? And we will have to expel you. They're accusing her of doing a showgirl. Yes! This translates great to an audio medium. We both just did, um, if you guys don't know the showgirl's hands, look up showgirls in Giphy and you'll probably find the showgirls. Everybody hands. got AIDS and shit. You know, I actually have a funny anecdote about showgirls. So I've never seen that movie. But I remember my mom had it on DVD, and I remember just uh, as a little kid looking at the DVD, I thought it was, like, because the way that uh, she's presented on the DVD cover, I thought it was, like, a horror movie about, like, a woman that was just a head on a leg. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought the show girls was. Oh, my God. <laughs> Looking at the DVD, I thought she was, she just had she just has like a head and a leg, so I thought she was a horrible head leg monster, and that was. The... And she would just hop around. <laughs> so the dean tells um Brooklyn yeah. and Mal about this, and um Malibu's like, Brooklyn, you don't believe her though, and it gets to one of my favorite line readings ever. Brooklyn goes, "They had a witness, Barbie, a witness." <laughs> They re no, no, you're not wrong. Like, I gotta say, um, like, Amber May, she really just sold 
the line read on this one. Like, props to her. Made me more happy than seeing mine, but mostly also Henry's face journey during the next song. Well, so yeah, because with Malibu Barbie being kicked out and having to go back to California, we just get, like, this duet song between the two of them that are just, We gotta like... get the Shrek hallelujah moment in there that must come in every animated film ever, so... Okay, but that is very much underselling that good, good lady. Listen, let me tell you some of these lyrics. And... Oh, yes. Good for a Barbie move. Like, they're... Like, no, but we were having a moment. Like, my favorite... Like, this took me out, but you can't see shooting stars in the city of marquee lights. For some reason, that stays with me. So I'm like, Dang, yeah, no, that's a that's a good line. Like that's hey guys, you did a good lyric there. Good job. There are a couple other, and then they used words. They were like, two girls on an odyssey in a city that never sleeps, riding high on a merry-go-round of modern mythology, glory within reach in the playground of our dreams. I always, I always love it when lyricists for like uh, songs and kids movies are just like, you know what, what if I just went off? They went full Phil Collins and Tarzan on this one. They were just like, we're just going to absolutely devastate any audience member. Just like, put, like they... They just stabbed me in the part with heart with like all of these knives of emotion. Just seeing the way that they gaze into the windows longingly mm -hmm. as they feel you feel the utter loss in their hearts for when their friendships are broken apart. And you see Brooklyn and Malibu's pain as they wish to reunite but are driven away by a circumstances that is poetry. That is theater. It was also 12.30 a.m. for me, so I was a bit woo-woo. <laughs> I don't know what their excuse is. This is true. It was, no, it was pretty late when we were getting to that moment in the movie, too. So, like, yeah, yeah, the, the, the slight fatigue, slight, but, you know, by gobbity, they did a good song. That was a good song. But then we get to the, um, better plot, <laughs> which is, um, that months or weeks after this has happened and the program is almost over. Rafa and Emily are like, oh yeah, we recorded the event, so we can go back and check the video and see who recorded it. I assumed that this was only like maybe a day or two after. No, no, no. It's noted that apparently it is a, it's a while after. Oh, oh my and god, I, I didn't pick up on that. I don't that. know the context. I had, I had a quote that I put down. Uh... That's not, it's not from this movie. It's from me. Uh, but to yeah. be fair, no, actually, I'm sorry. It's from one of you two. To be fair, they are teenagers and therefore idiots. <laughs> Pretty much. And they're That's, a... That sounds like an Emma yeah. quote. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, does, that is something you would definitely say. Uh, God. charged intense scene where um, Emmy confronts her dad's like, I know you got... Brooklyn kicked out, and he's like, well, at least be glad I got rid of your competition. And it's like, dude! He says, dude! He's like, 
for you. And I'm like, you're doing this for you, man. She wants nothing to do with you. She wants to go live with your, her mom. And you literally, like, took her away from her mom. Yeah, get out of her life, Dad. Like, she doesn't want anything to do with you. She's a minor. Yeah, she's a Like, no, this is, like, some legit entrapment and abuse here. Like, the way that they sell this relationship. Like, big props. Big props to, like, Giselle Fernandez and uh, Joshua Tamar for selling this. Like, they, they do a... They have a lot of good, like, tension. Like, the line reads are very good. Like, all sorts of good stuff coming because, from the Because, like, you, it's, it would have been so easy to play this as, like, overblown supervillain dad and misunderstood daughter. They really do their best to thread the needle of nuance in a Barbie movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's one, one of those things, things where, where it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's mostly seemed to be born out of the fact where it's, like, you get, you definitely get the read that, like, Emmy doesn't know how to fully feel about it because it's, like, she doesn't, because she, she's so young, she doesn't know, have, like, that emotional capacity yet to, like, fully realize, like, to think about, like, oh, man, yeah, this relationship with my dad is really toxic, and, like, like, her trying to gain independence from that, and it's very compelling, very compelling. As we said, hashtag so, yeah. free Emmy. Hashtag free Emmy. That's why I love that my next note in this, after we talked about how, so they give the video to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like, oh, I messed up. And Brooklyn shows it to the Dean. And the Dean is like, well, there's nothing I can do. I can't get, we can't get her plane to get back. Something we also forgot to mention. Uh, Brooklyn's mom is a pilot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So guess, uh, guess what she's gonna do. I don't know how this leads into my next note being, uh, the Dilf has big titties, but I felt like it bared repeating that Barbie's dad oh did have ginormous... So, uh, so, no, well, I remember why you made that note. It's because they cut back to Barbie kind of sulking and being sad at home, and, like, her parents being like, hey, it's gonna be okay, we still support you, and all that stuff, and they're music. there. We had, it was the a, music's... It was a say anything. You're right! I wrote gay... They... they no, literally, Brooklyn pulls a... Like, a gay version of say anything. It's not full on boombox. Instead, she's... Like, isn't she at the top of her car? Like, and she's just, like, singing outside for her. Just, like, pouring her heart out to, like, the lady who she clearly loves. Who she clearly feels this deep connection to like she flew from new york to malibu like that's like how long of a flight is that like i assume there's a layover in there her, like, her mom has the miles oh, being an airline pilot let's think logically people all right it's exactly. still a long way still a long way <laughs> there's apparently a double fist bump that keeps popping up that i hate as well as their catchphrase is cosmic chaos it very, it's very 2012 Tumblr, you know, like, they're going a lot on like, hey, did you get your shoelaces from the president or whatever, however that Um, excuse me, Emma, the tagline is, I like your shoelaces, thanks, I found them by no, the bookstore. No, it was like I Not found, I got like them from the president. I got them from the president. Yeah, where'd you learn? 
you're a bookstore. Oh. Like that's not quirky enough. Huh. Anyway, it's been, it's they been get so Barbie long. back. Apologies. She somehow magically gets to re-enroll, and then they're like, the spotlight solo has been awarded to Barbie Roberts, and they're like, huh? <laughs> Which one? And, and it's on, like, well, okay, clearly the one who was here for a majority of the time. <laughs> the one who wasn't expelled. Probably that one. <laughs> probably that one. Emmy has one last um, fuck you to her dad. And I think at the end of the um, show, she like maybe is trying to break free. I don't know. They leave her situation unresolved because she's not the main character. Yeah, they, they could have stood to like, it would have been cool to have them like, end the movie off with them uh with her just being like yeah i'm going independent now she, bye guys does, fuck the record labels fuck all that spotlight solo and so that's like what makes her dad happy this is true whatever and then they do the last song actually no the second to last song which is see you at the finish line it's one of those like you complete me songs where it's like oh we're always we're always like we go together, like Gamalama Binga, Bazinga, Before we continue talk about the song, sorry, the backtrack. Um, I have performed in Times Square when I was uh, in high school. I did a flash mob in Times oh, Square. Oh no, bad flash mobs! <laughs> Not what you think. It was um, a professional dance company that I was a part of, and I was on okay the billboard. So suck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good good for you. It wasn't like but... a stupid flash mob. It was like a flash mob for charity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That Well, we... what kind of mob were you flashing? You get, get away with it this time. It was, it was specifically for like anti-bullying and it was like worldwide and it was a Oh. Thing. Anyways. Okay. Oh, we have to go back to Times Square in this movie makes no goddamn sense. It's not even Times Square. Oh my god. Yeah. Where is the Olive Garden? Where is the Margaritaville? Where are all the horny Elmo mascots? Exactly. Where is Iron Man? <laughs> Have you know the Elmo mascots aren't really the horny ones. It's the Transformers you gotta watch out Wait, for. The, the fact that that's way too specific is, oh my god, you sound like you have stories. I my favorite. I looked at my, my final note is, the final song isn't terrible. Damn. No. It's a bit generic. I don't think the songs ever like reach the same heights as uh, Playground of Our Dreams, but and also the movie just abruptly ends. They're like, "See you at the finish line," and then they let um. Apparently, it's Malibu that does the riffing, but there's no way Brooklyn, who was by the way, they let Brooklyn riff a lot, and she was great. They do let her riff a lot, and it's like. Yeah, as they should, because, like, I cannot, I've not been able to confirm if America Young or uh, Amber May did the actual singing voices for Brooklyn I mean, and usually Malibu. if they don't, like, list a singing voice in the credit, that means, like, they did do the singing for them, so. Yeah, that's the thing, although sometimes the, sometimes they're not very comprehensive about that, but I think it was their actual voices, which, again, Big props to, like, Amber. Like, if, if she was, in fact, the one doing the singer, she killed it. She did great. So 
Sorry, Malibu. I feel like yeah. I'm being too hard on Malibu. You, you know, no, I don't think you're, I think you're being reasonable. Like, it's kind of hard to compare the two, because, like, no disrespect to America Young, but I think... It's just nice to get some new blood in there, you know? Like I think that's mostly it, because, like, she feels like such a, like, breath of fresh air. It's like, yeah. So many, so many stories about, you know, Malibu Barbie and her sisters, and it's like, you know, like... Maybe it's time to tell some some different stories. I'm and I'm sure. I got a feeling. At least I hope we'll probably see Brooklyn Barbie again in this movie series. Oh yeah, like the re- the fan reaction to Brooklyn has been very good online from what I'm seeing. So like Mattel would be fools to not. I want to see Brooklyn in the fantasy. I want to see Brooklyn in the sci-fi. I want to see her get the girl princess in the popper style. Oh boy! Oh, that would mention, oh that would be interesting. Not to that we're concerned about the MacGuffin um, drum boy. They did in fact get him a brand new set of drums. That's something else I had in my notes. That's true. They gave him like a timpani stand because yeah. he he this dude was carrying around a timpani drum, yeah. and it's like y'all, what is this school doing? Like that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. What are y'all? Come on, come on. On drum sizes, uh, please explain how big the drum was, Henry. I don't know. Well, I mean, a timpani drum is at least like those suckers have like a four, f- like foot diameter usually. And there's depending like four on, like, of them, so I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know why he has such a big one of those. It's like, like why he just has the single one. But I wouldn't say yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's very unrealistic that this is a performing arts school, and there was not one person singing something from The Greatest Showman, or Les Mis. <laughs> so, no, no, you're stereotyping. Ah, uh, okay. With the um, Les Mis, everyone does Les Mis, but Greatest Showman. Everyone Show- does Les Mis. Greatest Showman's a controversial one. I don't know. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like I, I feel like people really like like singing that. Uh, that uh, never enough song for recitals. Never <laughs> enough or this is me. Those are the big ones that I hear young well, this, this is me singing for like a chorus, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this is true. No, no one wants to sing the Michelle Williams song, even though that's probably the best song in the sh- in the movie. But no one appreciates. Yeah, no, she like. Oh wait, no, you're right. That one's the best one. I refuse to see, I've never seen the movie because P.T. Barnum was a garbage man that we should all set on fire. Yeah. Much better as historical he, fiction. God, God, Bex, you you do not want to, oh my God, that movie, that goddamn movie, but can, but can we The just, Greatest Showman. But can we just point out between This Is Me and The Greatest Showman and You Will Be Found and Dear Evan Hansen, Pasek and Paul really has a chokehold on the generic inspiring song in a piece of media that is actually really troubling if you think about it for more than two seconds <laughs> the um original yeah. well, we're not going in by dear Evan Hansen opinions but we are <laughs> uh do we give ratings of the movie is that what happens i haven't oh yeah i mean yeah, we get ratings, this does they're this... not meaningful in any way. no this is about where yeah i think this is about the end of the movie it's yeah Honestly, it doesn't reach the same heights that it did uh, with uh, Playground of Dreams. But, you know, I'm st- Yeah, Emma, what 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 rating do you give this? I mean, I think this, this movie was 
uh, cute, if unremarkable, kind of like a generic plot. But there is some some good stuff in here. I really like the new Barbie. I thought the stuff with the Emmy and her dad were pretty interesting. But, you know, the plot, it's like, you know, we've seen it before in these movies. But uh, I enjoyed it more than uh, f- f- uh, fucking um, Lost Birthday, which was Kelsey's painful. Chelsea's Lost Birthday. Yeah, don't. Don't watch that one, Bex. Don't watch that. One. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was, it was nice, pleasant time, and the songs for the most part were decent for the most part. So, uh, for the most part, work it, uh, putting putting work it aside. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it's a it's a good time if you're interested in it. You'll probably like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Bex, what what rating do you give this? It was my first Barbie movie I'd seen in years. A lot has changed. Some yes. Had for, some for the better, some for the worse. Um, mm. Again, I was very shook at the time by Playground of Dreams. And I know this is an audio medium, but if you ever get a chance to witness Henry's face journeys, audience, I am Because <laughs> that it, it, part, it is. I give it. I give it three out of five non-existent stars in the New York City sky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. And I don't know, maybe, I I feel like I've slowly just come to accept that, like, if a Barbie movie can just give me, like, one, like, real, real emotional scene, like, one that can really just dig into my, the dark recesses of my soul just to make me feel something that move that just ends up making me feel a whole lot more generous to a movie and because of that i'm going to give this movie a cupcake candle out of 10 it's a slow burn but uh once you it, it really gets going you're left with just like this pleasant scent and it just uh Fills you with warmth and all of the, all of that, yeah. So I don't know. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, listener, this is you should. This is a movie to watch. This not not Charles Lost Birthday. This like definitely of yeah. Mainframe's new staple of Barbie movies. It's definitely the best one yet. Yeah, definitely from like all the new new barbie movies when they just start releasing barbie movies between this lost birthday and princess adventure like princess uh, adventure prin- really wasn't yeah. shit honestly only thing i no, remember princess from that adventure, movie is the, it's a, the it's king a of decent the kingdom second. Dom, Dom, Dom song. oh my god king if you like my knowledge and extensive note-taking please have the please send in your request to have me back for them to review brass teeny magic <sighs> A movie that has haunted my dreams since I was very little. Oh, oh God. We got to remo- oh review God. that movie someday. The only thing I know of that movie is, like, I think We're... I remember seeing, like, the DVD cover in, like, a friend's, like, room. And I remember, uh, and there's a YouTube video of, like, the characters from that movie uh, synced to uh, Nicki Minaj's Roman Holiday. <laughs> I may have watched a couple times. <laughs> but that's oh, it. my God. Have the DVD... I have lovingly been harassing Henry about this for months. If this episode, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, whenever you are ready, I am here. 
I know, I know, but I gotta say, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for watching it at some point. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious of the more of the brat stuff because I think Bratz oh, has sure. some wild things just from Bratz does go a little bit more buck wild. Oh, what to tie it back? It's just from Miranda. I am willing to wait for it. Oh my! <laughs> Piss off! <laughs> All right. Well, I think if I can prove that. Oh God. Okay. I think that's about. I think that's as good as any place to end it off. Bex, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an utter delight. Yeah. Perfect pleasure, indeed. It's hope we hope you don't mind us uh whisking you away from the earth dimension so that you can be teleported back into this nebulous pink void that we it's seemingly old, can yeah. find no escape from but i feel nothing at all yes in here yes. i'll hang out in the void with you anytime uh if you want yeah. more hot takes uh my yes plug your stuff plug your stuff Twitter is at meddling medi that's M-E-L-I-N-G-M-E-D-D-Y. The M's are both capital. I sometimes will frequently talk about Barbie movies when I'm not talking about theater and comic books. Yes. And as well Lots as of... if you're wondering about the theater I am working on, um, mm -hmm. I am assistant producing um, World Elsewhere's Theater Company's next show, she Kills Monsters, a lovely comedy about Dungeons and Dragons and families and friendship. And that will yes. be October 23rd and October 30th with a live talk. Yeah. Network. Heck and yeah. We hope you'll come. It is a charity. Um, it is a charity. Proceeds will be going to Trans Lifeline and yes. Mermaids UK. Yes, great show, great theater company perfect pleasure to work with it's been great and yeah it's it's i'm very grateful that it's uh given us so many lovely folks to talk to about about these movies with so yeah go go support go support uh bex over here by like you oh if you want more detail about worlds elsewhere's twitter is at elsewhere worlds uh all lowercase single word and uh emma you know who else has a twitter yeah you can give me a follow at emma cory nine i will probably follow you back and validate all yes. your parasocial fantasies yes so it, you gotta get you to it yes you too can feel that warmth inside from following emma and her not posting a whole lot on that account but you know what it's it's nice to be noticed. But you'll know that I'm there, and I see you. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And then, of course, if you like what you listen to, listener, uh, feel free to give this podcast a follow on the old Twitters, at Pod. And, uh, Emma, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but uh, we also... Uh, this has been a long time coming, uh, listener, but uh, we actually have, I've set up a email address for us. So if you have questions, comments, suggestions, concerns, or potentially uh, want to have yes, good right. suggestions for other guests and stuff like that, 
uh, or have fan art you want to send to us, like any just general Barbie fan art or Bratz or Tinkerbell or whatever fan art, uh, you can send us an email at pinkowlpod at gmail.com. as Bibble, do it and send it to us, please. Oh my god. Bibble. That would, that would start, oh, deep, hashtag deep Bibble. Hashtag mm-hmm. deep Bibble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then, uh, also, maybe give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice and all that good stuff. And then as for me, listener, um, you can follow all of my stuff at Kathman Henry on Twitter. Also, henrycathman.tumblr.com. Uh, and then uh, also the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash henrycathman. All sorts of things. You know, I also designed Infinity Train, the tabletop RPG, uh, I edit this show. That I do a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff. And all of that is supported via my Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. And if you want exclusive uh, footage as well as exclusive uh, PowerPoints that I give to all of my patrons uh, with subjects including why Ash Ketchum deserves more respect and the comprehensive genealogy of Scooby-Doo's family, you know, Things just a dollar. Tortured me with, by the way. Yeah. His. Yes. I have the, the, been a, inflicted upon Scooby-Doo knowledge I never wanted, and Ash Ketchum apology <laughs> apologia that I did not need. So, to take the burden and off you my know shoulders by doing. <laughs> Following his Patreon. Was a little motherfucker. Early Ash Ketchum. I'm just. Hell yeah. I'm glad you're with me on this, uh, Vex, because yeah, just a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. But I think that about. Yeah, that about covers everything here. So, uh, Emma, am I forgetting anything? I'm the king of the kingdom. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Yes, well. Uh, all of that said, Bex, I think it's time we try and figure out a way to get you back to Earth. Um, our last guest, Sam, we appreciate you, but we have yet to receive any like assistance. So maybe you can help us out. Like, just maybe like talk to a scientist, or astronomer, or someone. Just, just. Try to figure out like where where we are. Like it it smell. Emma, how would you describe the smell of this aisle? I would say it kind of smells like uh, like the hotel room right next to a swimming pool. Yeah, it's strange and like. Say all you want about Deep Bibble. I am worried you guys did indeed fuck with the Fay, and now you're paying for it. Oh God, Emma. Maybe this is the maybe this is the secret. Maybe the real Pink Isle was inside us. <gasps> well, until then, listener, we need to go well, get I'd like Bex. To, I'd like it to, to get out of us because I haven't seen In the three years we've done this podcast, I have yet to see the sun. Everything has just become a slight pinkish hue. And Where I, does the light come from? No I, one knows. I, I, no one knows. I, I, I sort of... I sort of don't feel like a person anymore. It is overrated. <laughs> Reality is overrated. Barbie is forever. There's there, there's no pandemic in the pink aisle. There's no politics in the pink aisle. There's only Barbie. 
And only Bibble. Mm. There's only Bibble. They done a Barbie like presidential movie? Okay, yes, we're, we need to get you out of here before. When are they gonna oh, do God. legally blonde, Goodbye, red, white, and blonde Barbie? Okay, it's time.